Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Almost Used Cars. The Green Hornet strikes again. Drive a new car, 100 to choose from. All makes and models, immediate delivery. No trade-in necessary. Lenore Case, Britt Reed's secretary, turned from her typewriter with a sigh. It was no use trying to work while Michael Axford was in the office. Talk, talk, talk. Oh, Michael, you're worse than a magpie. Can't you read the newspaper without having so much to say? But, Casey, this guy tipped off Charlie. Look at this ad he's got for almost used cars. Almost used cars? Yeah, they're brand new. Only Tip Top Charlie's the used car dealer. He can't sell used cars, so he calls them used. <laughs> I see. Instead of being almost new, they're almost used. <laughs> the fancy kind of double talk. That's the idea. Well, there's your chance, Michael. Why don't you go and get one? Who, me? What's the matter with my car? Oh, nothing, Michael. Nothing at all, but... Oh, I should think you'd like to get a later model. One with a self-starter and doors on the front seat. No, see here, Casey. And a windshield I... wiper would help, too. I got all them things. <laughs> My car's not that old, and you know it. And what's more, I'd sooner drive it for another 12 years than pay those jip prices. I'm telling you, Casey, tip-top Charlie's a crook. No, you're not telling me anything. Oh, good morning, Mr. Reed. Good morning, Miss Case. Get Lowry, will you? I want to see him right away. Right. 
Uh, anything new in the paper, Axford? Yeah, Reed. Look at this ad for cars. Tip-top Charlie. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, Tip-top Charlie's getting $6,000 for a car that lists at $2,500. He's a crook, Reed. That's what he is. Of course he's in. Well, you needn't be so surprised about it. Oh, I don't know where he was last night, and it's none of my business. Yours either. He's here now, and he wants to see Ed Lowry right away. Very idea. Yeah, what's the matter, Miss Case? Does it uh, catch the staff off balance when I come in before noon? Oh, those people. <laughs> you ought to do it more often, Reed. Maybe you get over being called a playboy. <laughs> Who wants to get over it? Um, how about the mail, Miss Case? I've sorted it. It's on your desk. Oh, golly, Lowry, you must have come out the run. Hello, Lowry. Hey, boss. I've been out checking tip-top Charlie's used car lots. He's worried about the investigation. Tip-top Charlie's worried? Yeah. Yesterday, he had a lot of new cars for sale. This morning, there's not one in sight. Where'd he hide the new cars? Well, how does he get new cars to sell? Oh, yes, buyers loaded with $100 bills on watch at parking lots and gas stations. When a new car pulls up, these buyers offer a couple of hundred bucks more than the man paid for the car. Not only that, tip-top Charlie's got guys stealing cars. He's been handling hot cars for a long time. The cops have been trying to get some proof against him. This investigation is gathering steam. Larry, a man named Dorner, who used to work with Tip Top Charlie, is going to testify before the grand jury today. Dorner, huh? Oh, brother, if he's willing to tell all he knows, he can tell plenty. I was talking to Burke over at headquarters last night. He mentioned Dorner. It seems Dorner's wanting to go straight. Well, more power to him. Yesterday's paper carried some of Click of Benny's pictures showing brand new cars lined up on the Tip Top lots. She ought to go there today and get another set of pictures for contrast. It's a good idea. Make a note of it, Miss Case. Right. Alari, I want you to cover the Dorner hearing today. If you hurry, you might get a statement from Dorner before the hearing opens. I'm on my way. Oh, uh, Joe's in the city room with his camera. I'll take him along. Good. If I get an advance statement from Dorner, I'll call the desk. Never mind the desk. Call me. You and his. Let me out here, Joe. I'll see if I can line up Dorner while you park in the car. I... Hey, there's Dorner now, right on the steps. Grab your camera and come on. But, Larry, I can't leave the car right here. Oh, like fun, you can't. Come on. We'll pay for parking tickets. Hey, uh, Dorner, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. Hello, Larry. Hold it a second, will you? Are you covering this hearing, Larry? Yeah. Listen, Dorner, are you really going to spill before the grand jury? You bet I am. I'm fed up with Tip Top Charlie and his pack of crooks. Huh? I'm ready to give the evidence the cops have been trying to get for a good many years. Oh, he's only been dealing in almost used cars for a few months. He's been dealing in stolen cars for a long time. But me, Lowry, I'm through, see? I got a girl now. I'm going straight. Hey, I don't... Look at that car what? come. Those jugheads, they want to kill somebody? It's a gun. Lowry, that's... Hey, look out! Dorner! 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 The dirty... Hello? Hello, Casey. Yeah, Lowry calling. Put me through the boss and make it snappy. Go ahead, Lowry. Oh, you on the line, boss? Well, now listen. I got a story on Dorner, but it's not what you expected. He's not going to testify before the grand jury. He's dead. witness killed grand jury block. Here you are, sir. Investigation hit snag. Read all about it. Here you are, sir. That's 
Axford wasn't in the outer office, was he, Miss Case? No, Mr. Reed. He took off for police headquarters as soon as Lowry called in on the Dorner murder. Oh, but that was three hours ago. <laughs> he probably won't stop in the outer office when he returns. He'll storm directly in here and give out with any news he has. Or he'll complain if there is no news. Several people gave a description of that murder car. The police should have little difficulty in picking it up. Do you think Tip-Top Charlie was behind the murder? Tip-Top Charlie is the one who'd suffer if Dorner had testified. Hey, Reed! See? What did I tell you? What's the latest, Oxford? Oh, there's nothing. The cops got it dragged it out within five minutes of the time Dorner was shot and couldn't find no trace of the murder car. Did they have a description of the car? Sure they did. Just like they get descriptions of stolen cars. Only what good is a description when you're dealing with an organization like Tip Top Charlie? What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. He got the car out of sight the same as he does with stolen cars. The same as he did with all them new cars he had at his lot yesterday. He probably had drivers move them to other cities during the night. No, Casey, don't you suppose the cops have checked with the highway patrols? Oh. He hid the cars. Where? He's got a secret garage somewhere. He uses it in his car stealing racket. And he's likely using it to hide them new cars he had. He probably had the car that was used in the dollar shooting in there being worked on five minutes after the shooting was over. Being worked on? What do you mean, Axford? Page it over and change in looks so it can't be identified. That's what he does with stolen cars. And he even gets new numbers on the motor block. Axford, is this fact or theory? Oh, read all the lads at cops headquarters know how tip-top Charlie operates. But they don't know where to find his hidden garage, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Dorner could probably have told where it is. By golly, I'd give a year's pay to know that. Can't any of his men be made to squeal? Dorner was ready to squeal. Charlie's got all his men right under his thumb, Reed. Well, there must be someone he can't get under his thumb. Someone who's just as big as tip-top Charlie. By golly, Reed, maybe you're right. But how can we locate a guy like that? That, expert, is the problem. And what a problem. Axford spent that evening with his friend Sergeant Burke at police headquarters. He didn't know that the Green Hornet stood masked and armed in Britt Reed's bedroom. No one but Cato, Britt's faithful valet, knew that Britt was the Green Hornet. Cato, we're going to take a roundabout route. We're going to try to identify one of Tip Top Charlie's big shots. Well, how we do that, Mr. Britt? We're going to use Sam Willow. You uh, remember that yellow little weasel? Oh, Sam Willow. Oh, yes, Mr. Britt. He used to work with the Carney gang. He managed to stay out of jail by turning a squealer. Oh, yes, I remember. You said we'd get him another time. We're going to call on him tonight. The police couldn't get him on the extortion rap. Perhaps they'll get him for something else. Well, I don't understand. Tomorrow, Cato, he's going to act for the Green Hornet. And he's going to pay for the privilege. Tonight... We're going to give him his instructions. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered, black beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. <laughs> Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. 
Sam Willow was awakened by a hand that shook him roughly. Hey, what is this? He opened his eyes and oh. blinked in the poor light of a small bulb burning in his dingy room. And then he saw the man who had awakened him, and a mask he recognized. <laughs> the Green Hornet. I'm glad you remember me, Sam. What are you doing here? What do you want of me? Squealer. I never squealed on you. I never squealed on you, so help me. You couldn't. What have you been doing since the Carney gang went up the river? Nothing. Honestly, I've been doing nothing. A few dollars here and there in the numbers racket? An occasional fling at picking pockets? Now, look. Look, what do you want of me? I can use you, Sam. You can use me? I'm thinking of competing with Tip-Top Charlie. In fact, I think I'll put him out of business. Tip-Top Charlie? You mean the auto business? Why not? There's money in selling used cars. Especially when you don't pay anything for them. What are you getting at? Sam, how would you like to work for me? Hey, look, uh, do you mean that? You used to drive for Connie, didn't you? I'm not answering that, Hornet. But if you want a man that can handle a car and the pay is right... I'm your man. That calls for proof. Proof? You've got to qualify to work for me. What do you mean, uh, qualify? If I'm going to take over the tip-top Charlie setup, I've got to be sure of the men who are working for me. What do you want me to do? You know a guy named Axford? Uh, you mean uh, Mike Axford? Used to be a cop? He's a reporter now. Reporter? <laughs> That's a laugh. Well, he's working for the Daily Sentinel. Uh, what about him? He generally parks his car in front of police headquarters around 10 o'clock in the morning. So what? Uh, Steal it. You'll have to start it without the key. I can do that by shorting the ignition. Yeah, but listen, Hornet, have you seen that jalopy axe for drives? What's in it for getting away with that crate? A job with the Green Hornet? Get that car at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and get it out of sight. If you're successful, you'll hear from me tomorrow night. There's a job in it? Yes. But uh, what if I don't get away with it? You may hear from me anyway. It's a deal. But get this, Hornet. If you're trying any funny tricks with me... Don't threaten me. You're out of jail on borrowed time. It was just a fluke that you weren't picked up with the rest of the Connie gang. All right, you needn't get sore. But I uh, wish you'd tell me why you picked Mike Axford's old car for my first job. I'll tell you why. It's a sort of uh, personal matter between Axford and me. Now, remember, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning... If you're successful, you'll be able to brag that you're working for the Green Hornet. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Thank you. 
Now to continue our story. Michael Axford was at police headquarters as usual to pick up routine items for the Daily Sentinel. He was with Sergeant Burke when Brett Reed opened the door. Hey, Axford. What's Reed doing here? Suffered snakes, Burke. I don't know. What's up, Reed? Axford, when you left the apartment this morning, did you take my watch off the hall table by mistake? Your watch? My God, Reed, I don't think so. Holy crow, this is your watch. Do you suppose Cato stuck it in my pocket for a gag? Oh, thanks. Here's yours. By the way, what's wrong with your car? My car? Nothing that I know of. Why, Reed? Well, as I came in, I noticed a man tinkering around the motor. Well, I see about that. Who is he? What's he doing? Hey, you don't have to run. If anyone's fiddling with that car, why, sure, tell him a thing or two. Hey, come back here, you thief. Hey, he's driving away in your car. He's stealing it. Reed, he's stealing it. Me car's being stolen. Burke, me car. Heavenly day. Where's your car? We got to get after him. We got to get after that spalpeen. He's in the back. My car's right at the curb. Come on, pile in. Uh, come on, Burke. Reed's got his convertible here. Let's get going. I've always wanted to open this car up in the city with police protection. Hang on, here we go. Hey, take it easy, will you? You nearly threw me out. Who do you think you are, the Green Hornets? There's me car, Reed. Give it the gas. We'll catch the crook. I've got my gun ready. Just pull up close. I'll stop him. Shoot at the tires. No! No, Burke! Holy glory, don't say that. I can't replace them tires. They don't make that size no more. Keep your gun handy. We'll pull up alongside. Don't go too close, you Reed. He might get nervous and run into the curb or something. Here we go. Pop that car, you thief. Put on the brake before we start shooting. I got you covered. Don't try nothing. Pull up there. Pull up now. Hey, easy on them brakes. Don't skid me tired. <laughs> hey, good driving, Reed. Get out of that car, you junkhead. By golly, I'd like to bust you one. Now wait, wait, mister. By golly, it's Sam Willow. Hey, Burke, this is that hooligan that used to be with the Carney gang. Come out of there and start talking. What's the idea of stealing my car? Are you working for Tip Top Charlie now? Oh, no, wait, wait. Take it easy, Axford. I had no choice. It was orders. Orders, was it? And who'd be given orders to steal my car? He'd have killed me if I hadn't done it. He said it was between you and him. It was something personal. Who are you talking about? Who told you to steal my car? He called me last night. He threatened me. I had to do it. you got to believe me. Who are you talking about? The Green Hornet. <laughs> Yeah, Gunningen? Yeah. I'm calling from the cop's headquarters. My car was stolen by Sam Willow. And when we picked him up, he said he was made to do it by the Green Hornet. And he said the Green Hornet figured on going into the auto business and taking over Tip Top Charlie's organization. By golly, that ought to be good for a headline on page one. Notorious criminal. Hey, I sir, read all about it. Central X Street. Yeah, Gunnigan, I'm calling from the cops' headquarters. I just wanted to let you know that there is nothing new on Sam Willow. He sticks to a story that the Green Hornet made him steal my car to show how good he was. Yeah. I'll call you if anything turns up. Ashford, are you at my phone again? Hold on, Gunnigan. One of these days, the cops are going to send your newspaper a bill for telephone calls. Ah, uh, now take it easy, Burke, or I won't put your name in my story. Oh, is that so now? Well, then maybe I'd better tell the clarion about the latest development on Sam the Weeping Willow. Huh? What's the latest? He's out. Out? 
Suffering snakes, how'd he get out? He got bailed out. A lawyer by the name of Colby showed up with a wad of cash for bail. Colby? He's a shady mouthpiece. And a high-priced one. Where'd Sam Willow get the cash to... Hey, Burke. Sam was working for the harlot. Maybe Colby is the harlot's mouthpiece. Or... Hey! Maybe Tip Top Charlie wanted to question Sam. Maybe he sent Colby to get him out of jail. Suffering snakes! Reed said there might be some big shot that knew things about Tip Top Charlie. By golly, I want... I gotta call me paper. Axford, give me that phone. Don't be so free with things at police headquarters. Get away, Burke! Don't you know nothing about the freedom of the press? <laughs> give me the Daily Sentinel. Britt Reed was pleased when he heard that Colby had arranged bail for Sam Willow. That evening in his apartment, he prepared once more to assume the role of the Green Hornet. But there was cause for concern as he stood in his bedroom with Cato. Confounded, Cato. I hate to move out as the Green Hornet unless I know where Axford is. He say mission tonight is secret, but watch Morning Sentinel for a big headline. I don't like it, Cato. I wonder what he has in mind. What are our plans for night, Mr. Britt? We're going to call on Colby, the man who bailed Sam Willow out of jail. You think he's sent by Tip Top Charlie? That's what I'm counting on. I tried to establish a situation so Charlie would be desperately eager to talk to Sam Willow. I think Colby is the man who can show us how to reach Tip Top Charlie's secret garage. Here is a gas weapon and mask, Mr. Britton. I want more than that tonight, Cato. Get my thirty-eight and a few of those gas grenades. We're going loaded for big game. Britt Reed wondered about Axford's mysterious manner while he guided the Black Beauty through the dark streets of the city to the home of the attorney Rex Colby. He parked in the street a short distance from the house, then proceeded on foot with Cato at his side. There's a light in the side window, Cato. We'll go there. Yes, Mr. Britt. I don't know what the servant situation is. We'll have to be on guard every minute. Very good. I think that window's open. Oh, that made entrance simple problem. Hello? Hello, Charlie. Is that you? It's Colby's voice. Keep your head down, Cato. This is Colby. I've some news. We'll just about turn this city upside down. He's telephoning. Yes. I can't see in that window unless I get a right. boost. You want boost? No, not just yet. Let me listen a minute. I've learned the identity of the Green Hornet. What? Steady, Cato. No, I haven't told anyone yet. I thought you might want to be the first to know who he is. I don't see how he could know. <laughs> no, you're a mile off, Charlie. I'll uh, give you another guess. What's more, I'll give you a hint. He's connected with the Daily Sentinel. Cato, this looks like the payoff. Wrong again. It's that ex-cop, Michael Axford. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would get you. Guy smarter than I thought. He deduced you and sent me to get Sam out of jail. He figured I'd know how to get to your headquarters. Well, Sam clouded him on the head. Then we took off his mask and found out who he was. Tell Tip Top Charlie I want to see him, will you? Okay, Charlie, if you say so. Well, yes, right away. So long. What did he say, Mr. Colby? What did Tip Top Charlie say about me? Nothing. He wants us to bring Axford to the hideout. Colby drove his own car while Sam, armed with a thirty-eight, kept a close watch on the unconscious form of Michael Axford. The attorney drove to one of the tip-top used car lots in a remote part of the city where a factory had once existed. The factory had been torn down and the ground leveled. 
The factory basement had been abandoned and forgotten until Charlie came into possession of the property. He had secretly converted the underground space and made it into a hidden garage. A garage that could be reached only through a service station in one corner of the lot. The gas pumps at the station were closed and the building was dark. Colby opened the door by pressing a concealed button. Now, Sam, you're going to see something. The wall at the back of the service station was not as solid as it seemed. It had been cleverly devised to conceal the ramp that led to the underground hideout. Now, Sam, you'll see where Tip Top Charlie's been hiding cars from the police for a long time. What do you mean? When that wall ahead uh, slides back, you'll see a ramp going down. Uh, we get the wall to slide back. Why, uh, Charlie does it from the other side. Does he know we're here? Uh, surely. <laughs> There's a system of signals. There it goes. It'll be wide open in a second. Well, there's the ramp. Now we'll go down below. No, you don't. Oh, look, what? the green hornet. I left my car outside, Colby, and rode in on your rear bumper. I'll take over from here. That's the one. That's the one, Colby. Here's some gas for you. Hey. You too, Colby. Charlie, Charlie, bring the boys. The green hornet. Help, help. That'll hold you. I can only make it in time. The sliding wall began to close, but the Green Hornet was already behind the wheel of Colby's car. He put the machine in gear, raced the motor, and let the clutch out suddenly. The man below saw Colby's car jammed in the opening at the top of the ramp, making it impossible for the secret panel to close. Get that car over there. Move it fast. Yeah, that panel's a giveaway. Come on, get the record. What happened to Colby? Hey, look. Look up there, that guy, a mask. It's a green hornet. Get back where you came from. Shoot, shoot him. Try this. Hey, look out. It's a bomb. Let me back. Get away. Here's another. Get out of my way. Let me get away from those things. And another. Police are coming, kiddo. I called from phone over there on Wall of Gas Station. Good work. Police will handle it from here. It was later the same night in Britt Reed's apartment when the young publisher administered to a big bruise on the back of Axford's head. Feeling all right now, Axford? Uh, sure, I'm all right, Reed. By golly, I don't get it. You don't get what? Well, I was thinking about what you said about Tip Top Charlie. And when Colby went bail for Sam Willow, I figured Charlie might have sent him. So I went to Colby's home, figuring to try to make him talk. Well, according to Colby, you were disguised as the Green Hornet. Oh, Reed, I'll never live it down. I thought it could maybe scare him into squealing. But there was someone else there. I got a crack at the head from behind. You certainly did. When I came to, I'm in the cops' headquarters. Uh, they told you about the raid on Tip Top Charlie's underground place, didn't they? That they did, Reed. And they called it into the Sentinel from headquarters. I uh, heard the Green Hornet was on hand. Oh, that he was. And he threw gas bombs into that underground place that made Tip Top Charlie's gang easy to handle. Hang it, I'll read he got away again just as the cops came up. But there's something I don't understand. Oh, what is it, Axford? Well, Reed, Burke was on the desk at the cops' headquarters. And he says the call that put the cops in action came from me. He says I did it. But golly, how did I do it? Well, Axford, you posed as the Green Hornet. Oh, don't say that. Perhaps someone posed as you. Mr. Lexby, Pepper, Tip Top, Charlie, Gang, Smash, Police, Raid, Underground, Hideout, Green.
Green Hornet involved. Read all about it. Green Hornet still at large. Central X3. These copyrighted dramas originate in Detroit, and all characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.